0: Hello and welcome to the Pandemic Puppy Podcast brought to you by Journey Dog Training and the Pandemic Puppy Raising Support Group on Facebook. I'm your host, Kayla Fratt, and I'm super excited to be raising my puppy, Niffler, alongside all of you. And although I'm a certified dog behavior consultant and conservation detection dog trainer, I'm also new to puppy raising too, so we're right in the thick of this together. Today, we are talking about leash skills for puppies, and it's just me on this episode guiding you through how to teach your puppy how to be a civil canine on leash and around town. So um, we'll get into that in a moment, but before we get started, a couple housekeeping things. One, this podcast is supported by our members over on Patreon for as little as three bucks a month. You can support this podcast and get perks like submitting questions for us to tackle at the end of each episode you can sign up over at patreon.com slash pandemic puppy. And two, reviews help people find this podcast and also absolutely make it my day. So if you haven't yet, please um, go ahead and give us a review over on the Apple podcast store. Um, again, they really make me so happy. And, um, and they do help other people find the podcast through the algorithm. And then finally, number three, um, I am running a fundraiser to help cover the costs of my van repair. Barley, Niffler, and I just moved into a Sprinter van, which will allow us to, um... Save money, um, hopefully in the long run, on field vehicle or uh, field housing for our jobs as conservation detection dog uh, teams. However, the vehicle that we bought has needed pretty extensive and unexpected repairs. So you can find um, the link to donate to that over at GoFundMe if you just kind of search "Canine Conservationists Field Vehicle Repair." We'll also, of course, have the link in the show notes. Um, I'm actually recording from inside the van right now for the first time ever, so that's pretty exciting. Um, but uh, again, the pairs have been kind of this ongoing nightmare um, where, I mean, we don't have to get into it right now. But anyway, any support um, that you can offer would be much, much appreciated. So let's get into leash skills. So, you know, the first thing that I want to say here is that for most of us, we don't want our dogs pulling on leash. We want our dogs walking alongside us. Um, But I think for those of us with smaller dogs or um, in particular lifestyles, it is fair to kind of ask the question of whether or not it's actually a problem for you if your dog pulls on leash. And I think sometimes we get really hung up on the idea of like, oh my gosh, people are thinking we're going to be bad dog owners if we just let our dogs pull on leash. But it's only a problem if it's a problem. You know, obviously, if you've got a much larger dog who might be dangerous and pulling you around a lot on leash, that could be a problem. But if your dog um, isn't injuring you and you are under control and the dog is under control um, of you, particularly, again, with like our medium to smaller size dogs, um, I think It might be fair to ask whether or not you really need to teach your dog to not pull on leash. again, for most of us, I personally, it drives me nuts to have dogs pull on leash. Um, so I am a very, um, very into the idea of having my dogs walk nicely on leash. I have a whole video course on loose leash walking, which, um, I'll again, drop in a link to the show notes. Um, so you guys can check that out because again, we're going to cover a lot of similar material in this class, in this, um, podcast, but seeing it in video, um, is going to be a lot better for you. So you can buy that course. Um, anyway, so I, I, I the point being, if it doesn't bother you that your dog pulls on leash and you are able to keep your dog under control and you're not hurting your dog using the equipment um that you're using um so if they were pulling on a back clip harness or something like that, it might not be a problem. And that's fine. Um, The other thing to think about is that pulling is always going to be self-reinforcing because your dog, no matter what you're trying to teach them, if your dog is pulling and you are still moving forward, your dog is learning that pulling works. So it can be a really frustrating thing to teach. It takes a lot of patience and persistence. And that's just something to keep in mind as you're working on it. So let's kind of, a lot of times when people start thinking about loose leash walking, one of the first things they want to think about is equipment. And, you know, they're thinking, you know, do I need a a no pull harness? Do I need a prong collar? Do I, do I need to throw out my flexi lead? Like, you know, do I need a six foot leash? Do I need a 20 foot leash? Um, You know, there's so many, do I need a head halter? You know, God knows what. The reality is your equipment is not going to teach your dog what to do. Even something as aversive as a prong collar or a, ch- or a choke chain is not going to teach your dog not to pull. It's only going to teach your dog not to pull when they're wearing that equipment. Um, similarly, a front clip harness or a head halter doesn't really teach your dog not to pull when they're not wearing the equipment. It just teaches them that it's uncomfortable or difficult to pull when wearing that equipment, and that's fine. Um, you know whether your dog is wearing um, when you're if if you need. Um, I would. Air on the side of something that is going to be ergonomic for your dog so some of the front clip harnesses can restrict shoulder movement in a way that I don't like and something like um, the head halters do often take a little bit of acclimation training to get your dog to be able to wear comfortably but just keep in mind that just because your dog is able to not pull on leash when they're wearing some of this equipment doesn't mean it's going to translate over to when they're wearing a neck collar or um, or a back clip harness or anything like that so Generally, I don't get too hung up on equipment for teaching loose leash walking. With this caveat, the way that I personally teach loose leash walking is that my dogs are allowed to pull if they are wearing a harness, and they are not allowed to pull if they are wearing a neck collar. And that matters to me for a couple reasons. One, I compete in Cane Across and ski drawing where I want my dogs to pull when we're either on skis or running together. We also do some bike drawing. Two, I don't really care if my dogs pull a little bit when we're hiking or, you know, just kind of generally out and about wearing that back clump harness. Three, that allows me to, as I'm teaching the dog loose leash walking, and it again, it takes so much patience and persistence, and we might have times where, um, particularly like with Barley, when I first got him, we were only able to walk, you know, at times like half a block with loose leash walking before I had to switch over to the back clip harness and just kind of let him pull. But over time, what he learned is that he's never allowed to pull on that back clip harness, so, or on that, um, I'm sorry, he's never allowed to pull on the neck collar. So now, you know, several years into owning him, if I switch his connection point over from his collar, or over from his harness to his collar, he knows to kind of snap into attention and not pull Because of where the leash is actually connected. So that is incredibly helpful. I'm working on teaching my puppy Niffler that same lesson. He is not there yet, but to be honest, because where we live is so incredibly off leash friendly, um, Niffler has not been on a leash very much. So we are not, we have not worked on our leash skills nearly as much as I would like. Um, But never fear, I still, I know, I still know what I'm talking about. I've taught a lot of dogs how to do off leash stuff. so, So don't worry about the fact that my puppy currently has not done much of it. And actually, as of this week, because we have moved into the van and are now living somewhere a little bit more urban than where we were living before, Niffler is going to be working on his leash skills a lot starting now. Okay, so the basic thing that you can start with with your very, very little baby puppy is rewarding your dog for position and for check-ins. So that basically means, you know, attention is the mother of all behavior. If your puppy is not able to pay attention to you and able to be near you and able to eat food when you're out and about, you're never going to get anywhere with loose leash walking. So you need to start, and generally this is going to be very easy for little bitty baby puppies, you know, feeding them a little bit of food or paying attention to them, making eye contact, saying hello to them giving them gentle praise when they are near you And paying attention to you. This is particularly important when you're out and about. So I start building a really heavy reinforcement history, which just means, again, feeding your dog whenever they do these things that we like from a very, very young age. Keeping in mind that as your puppy hits teenagerhood, so like Niffler, who's currently about seven and a half months old, it will get harder (laughs) and start looking worse. Um, And that is completely normal developmentally. So never fear um, that it happens it's it's not a you know it's it's not a big deal basically, to expect, you know, as your puppy is like three months, four months old, they're pretty glued to you. They're going to be wanting to check in with you. They're going to be very cued into that social reinforcement coming from you. And as they get a little bit older, they're going to get more independent. They're going to be less interested in you. And it may be harder to get those check-ins and that loose leash walking, actually, as your puppy gets older. And then it'll get easier again as they start hitting that like two, two and a half, three year old sort of mark. So what I would recommend doing is putting your puppy on a leash, and just walking them around the house, rewarding them for looking up at you, rewarding them for staying near you. Kind of decide on what your success zone is. So for some of us that may be on our left side, pretty close to um, something known as a heel position. For me with my dogs, I don't care as long as they're not pulling on leash. Um, and I just want there to be kind of like a J in the leash. Um, so you know if you're if you're looking at that leash there's a loop in it there's a bend in it you can see gravity working on the leash as much if not more so than the tension on the leash and that's important for me. But you know decide on what your criteria are and that is really important because if you can't define your criteria there's no way in heck your dog can define your criteria, your puppy can define those criteria and then be successful. So start around the house, you know, rewarding your puppy for looking up at you, staying near you, Um, and then you can start building in your distractions intelligently. So you might start by walking your puppy down a hallway past a couple toys, and then walking them down a hallway past some food that's inaccessible. So maybe food that's up out of reach or in a closed container, maybe, and then walking them down a hallway past a person. Um, and maybe that person is in kind of a T of the hallway, so they're far enough away that your puppy can't pull towards them. And then we might take them into the backyard or the front yard, practicing without any extra distractions there, and then starting to, again, layer in those distractions. So can your puppy walk past a toy, some inaccessible food, a person? And if your puppy can't, then you need to take that distraction and make it less tempting somehow, So, or less scary, kind of depending on your puppy's emotions about it. So can you take that person and move them further away so that your puppy actually can successfully walk past them uh, without, without pulling towards them or pulling away from them? Again, depending on their opinions about that person. And then again, continuing to move that distraction closer and closer to your line of travel. So you might just be, you know, imagine walking back and forth between two trees in your backyard and you're just adding in those distractions and continuing to build up your puppy's skills with walking at your side around these distractions. Then as we go on, we might start keeping, um, we start, might start, adding in distance so your puppy is expected to walk further in between treats. When I first start teaching loose leash walking, I'm generally feeding my puppy every two, three, four steps, you know, very, very, very frequently. Um, And I think a lot of times loose leash walking can be problematic for people because they think that they're giving a lot of treats when they're giving a treat every 30 seconds. And I'm talking a treat every three seconds here, very, very, very frequently. And then we do start building up. Um, So whether that means that we're doing a five-minute session instead of a two-minute session, or that the puppy is now getting treats every five seconds instead of every three seconds, Both of those are increasing your puppy's endurance and we just need to think about each of those as independent measures that we need to gradually increase in difficulty for our puppies. So again, keep those expectations low, be persistent and patient. I recommend keeping your sessions extremely short. You know, I'm talking two minutes max right now for most of our puppies at first keep that rate of reinforcement very, very high, and then again, very gradually increase that. This is where record keeping, so keeping track of what you're currently doing with your puppy in written form can be extremely helpful because it might feel like you're not making progress, but if you can actually see like, wow, we're now doing a five minute session with a treat every 10 seconds, that if you think about it is actually a huge improvement from a two minute session with a treat every three seconds for your puppy. This podcast is supported by the Puppy Raising Blueprint course, which you can find at journeydogtraining.com blueprint. In this course, which is partnered between Journey Dog Training and a canine of mine, I guide you through everything from common problem behaviors like biting and potty training to the humane hierarchy of dog training. It's always available on a self-study basis at journeydogtraining.com blueprint. As a new puppy owner, I know how often we're cleaning up. While there's no replacement for management, supervision, and training, Clean Carl's has my back for the times that I slip up and Diffler has an accident. Clean Carl's Pet Mess products get rid of stains and odors from dog poop and cat pee and everything in between without any added scents so your house won't smell like poop or cleaning products. Plus, they're safe to use around both pets and kids. Next time your furry friend has an accident, try Clean Carl's Pet Mess Zapper and Remover. Use the code JOURNEY10 and get 10% off your first order. Just head over to cleancarls.com and use code JOURNEY10 at checkout. If your puppy does hit the end of the leash and does start pulling, you have kind of three-ish options. Um, I mean, there's there's a whole bunch of options, but the ones that I recommend. One is you can simply stop moving and wait for your puppy to slacken up on the leash and come back to you. That one can be kind of hard at first, particularly for a lot of our puppies. So instead, what I generally recommend is to then just go off in a different direction, um, whether that is moving straight backwards, whether that's starting to move into a circle or just heading off into like a random direction so that your puppy learns that charging off ahead in the in front down the end of the leash doesn't actually get them anywhere because you might go somewhere else that can be really really helpful I do like Denise Fenzie's kind of circle method where she'll actually walk in these circles that have like a 5 to 10 to 20 meter radius so you're walking in these big arcing loops um to help kind of prevent pulling and help focus your dog back in on you. In my loose leash walking course, which again we'll link to in the show notes, I do a, um, one of the videos of the exercises I do is of crazy walking, which is basically getting out into a huge parking lot and going Um, continuing to feed your puppy for staying near you and staying in position, but walking in a bunch of different random directions and changing direction every couple steps to help really build up the idea for your puppy that you could move anywhere at any time. So therefore it pays, it behooves your puppy to pay close attention to you and stay close to you. So I think for our little bitty puppies, this is kind of All I would do to start with is starting out with rewarding your puppy for staying in that position, whatever you define your position to be, rewarding them for check-ins, doing lots of super duper short sessions where you're layering in those distractions again with like food or toys or a person or a dog at a distance where your puppy is not pulling towards them, then gradually moving them closer and closer and making them more and more salient, more and more tempting as you're continuing to reward your puppy for ignoring them. And then starting to gradually decrease your rate of reinforcement and increase the length of session. If at any point your puppy is pulling a lot, then we can start changing direction a lot with either that circle or crazy walking method. Again, I think you guys are going to find this loose leash leash walking course that Journey Dog Training has put together extremely helpful. So again, we'll drop a link to that into the show notes. I can't remember exactly how much it costs. I want to say it's $30, but... um. Again, I can't quite remember, Um, so just check out the show notes for that, and um, I think you're going to find that really, really helpful. It's got video demos of me working with Barley with a bunch of different loose leash walking exercises that really help build your dog's understanding of this concept, because it is an intense and difficult concept for a dog, so I find that mixing a lot of different methods is actually really helpful for this particular problem, rather than trying to pick simply one strategy and go with it. which is not the same as for all of our other, a lot of the other things that we work on, I actually prefer not to mix methods because I think that can be confusing for the dog, but for loose leash walking, because it is such a an intensive concept, I actually find it really helpful to mix a bunch of different methods to help kind of get get that message across. So I hope you guys find that helpful, um, and thank you guys so much for listening. Welcome to uh, another mini-sode here. Um, if you have more questions about loose leash walking, please do join our Patreon. Again, it's three bucks a month. You can submit more questions there. I'd be happy to answer them in depth, whether we do a live video just within Patreon or continue adding that into our next episodes. If you would like to support the podcast in any other way, you can subscribe, review, and support the podcast over on Patreon. Um, Again, that's patreon.com slash pandemicpuppy. You can sign up for the Puppy Raising Blueprint course and that loose leash walking course over at journeydogtraining.com. And you can join the free Pandemic Puppy Raising Support Group on Facebook for more free help. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll be back in your earbuds next week.